0: ArchD 107.9 Life, James here with you. Uh, hope you've had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Hope it was filled with lots of family, lots of fun, lots of celebration and all that kind of stuff. Big show tonight, as I had promised. Uh, this week we are bringing you the full interview with uh, Christian music like star and Catholic music star, I guess more specifically, because you know we are the Catholic Youth Show here at RHD Radio, uh, Matt Maher from the Australian Catholic Youth Festival. I got right at the last minute, a surprise uh, opportunity uh, to interview Matt just after one of his big mega concert performances. And uh, we're gonna be bringing you over the next few voice breaks, uh, that interview with him, interspersed with a whole stack of music of his as well. Some of the great stuff that he played while he was there. So we're going to kick this off with him and then get into some other stuff that we did uh, while we we're over there, some other conversations and some other interviews we did while we were there. Either way, we're going to get into it. Uh, here we go. Matt Ma, live at the ACYF. Uh, Matt Ma, thanks so much for joining us here on HD today. Thank you for having me. Now you've literally just come off the stage you've done so many performances at this festival please tell me you're keeping well rested and well hydrated I see you've got a tea there what sort of tea do you drink to for the voice
1: it's a it's a tea that my vocal coach actually it's a proprietary blend she made wow. it's called voice tea but it's it's just a it's green rubious tea. With crushed lemons and ginger. Great. And it
0: doesn't have any um oxidants in it yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caffeine. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's has anti inflammatory properties, so now the audiences here are getting a great spread of all the albums from your um, back catalogue as well. And yeah. a lo- lots of stuff too from Echoes, the new album. And also, I love, by the way, I play your stuff on their show all the time and I said to everyone who listened on the show, the second he does, all the people say, Amen, I'm going to yeah. lose it. And you did it second song at first plenary. So thank you for that. And I did lose it. The person you heard screaming, that was me in that yeah. 20,000 strong. Uh, but the current album Echoes that you've, that you've just put out, people say a lot that um, an album is really just a snapshot of where you are musically and personally at any point in time. Where were you musically and personally with this album?
1: Well, kind of still where I am, I think, in the sense of like, I'm, I'm sort of processing the unfolding events, I think, particularly in America, sort of watching the cultural moments that are happening and trying to figure out what's my place in it all in terms of how do I adapt to the changes that are occurring, how do I respond to the changes that are occurring? Those were the things that I was thinking about and then in the process of during making this record my father passed away. Oh wow. Sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. And I think that definitely had a profound impact on me. I don't see how it couldn't have oh, ha- ha- had a profound impact. You know, everybody's relationship with their parents is different. I was in a, I was very fortunate I think to be in a place where Overall my relationship with my dad was good. Obviously he still lived in Canada and I lived in the States so we didn't get to talk as regularly as I I would have liked. It was a bit difficult, you know, through the years. He's a tremendous man. You know, so many of qualities in me that people love I know came from him, you know, but he had his struggles just like everybody else. He struggled with alcoholism early in life. He'd been sober, I think over 20 years when he passed away, but but, you know, I think, I think you know life, life takes its toll, and I think uh, it, the grace of God is, is very, very important in terms of continually our character being shaped in a way that gives life uh, t- to ourselves and to others. And so, um, I think that uh, for me, so many of the songs became part of the soundtrack of my own grieving and and sort of a realization of oh maybe this is why i wrote them you know i was thinking it was about something else and maybe it
0: was actually just about this all along does that not become obvious at the moment that you're writing it it's only when you listen back to it after a time and you go actually i'm hearing something else in here that i didn't expect
1: i think definitely you know i always say that the process of writing a song is the is really a lot of when i feel like god ministers to me personally but then Every time I sing it, it brings me back to that place, but then it also speaks you know, new things and opens new horizons, uh, new possibilities uh, in terms of my own interior life. So uh, it's definitely something that I have to approach songs I've written 10, 12 years ago. I have to approach them every time I sing them as a brand new song. Otherwise it just gets too redundant. And I think there's something about the nature, specifically as a Catholic, because of so much of what we do is based on tradition and, and repeating things that have been said before that you you become quickly aware that you're not the same person every time you go back to those things. So they're, they're always new. Arch D Radio
0: on 107.9 Life. Now you've done so much work in your career, not just in the in the in the Catholic world, and uh, I mean we we could talk about your musical career for like four hours. We don't have that time. We've only got ten minutes. But you've spent a huge amount of your career working broadly in more um, ecumenical Christian areas, and you've become you know such a, a well-known artist in that area as well. What has working in those areas done for you as your faith journey as a Catholic?
1: Um, I think it's definitely expanded my understanding and my my compassion for ecumenism and for specifically jesus's heart for ecumenism you know um prior to the beginning of the paschal mystery which is jesus's passion death and resurrection there's a whole chapter of john's gospel dedicated to a prayer that he prays after the passover meal which is considered one of the high priestly prayers but he prays for unity and, um and I for me it was a it's been a 12-year endeavor now of my heart realizing I didn't really care about it unity before I was very content in my Catholicity and I think with the uh, election of Pope Francis it was a it was a real affirmation for me in terms of I think God gave Peter a heart for unity as well specifically the Peter that we have right now you know I think that a belief in something like the centrality of the Eucharist if it doesn't lead to a heart that's open to others and doesn't point you outward then I often wonder maybe we're just not receiving it correctly because um, that's the heart of Jesus so if the point of receiving something like Eucharist is to change my heart and make it more like Christ then it should also expand my my desire and my heart for others who are outside this community that i'm part of that they would feel more welcome and that they would feel uh, more included in the human family and i because i think that's the role of the church you know i think that's the the role of the church in the world is to be sort of the connective tissue to all of humanity jesus's goal is the reconciliation of all of humanity it's not just that the church be healthy uh, and be happy uh, as much as it, it is the church in the world helping bringing about the reconciliation that God desires for all of humanity. Arch D Radio <laughs> 107.9 Life
0: First time I saw you perform was on TV at World Youth Day in Rio in Copacabana Beach yeah. and you were leading uh, Leading Eucharistic Adoration and it was this incredible moment Millions of people, and just you and these amazing singers, this incredible band. And it really made me stop and think at that moment, although it really is all about the Eucharist in that time, I mean, you're leading you're leading the congregation at that particular point and your role really is a kind of a a lay leader in the church i mean that must have it must be a real privilege but do you feel that you have a certain responsibility that goes along with that too
1: yeah i mean i think any platform of leadership period in society and i think that's in some ways what we're dealing with in the west right now is a total failure of leadership period it's sad i think it's a great reminder of how fallible and frail we are as human beings what I've learned is that leadership does not mean privilege, and I think I think leadership more and more, in the, from God's perspective, equals servanthood. I was very fortunate to be part of a parish community where I was, in some ways, really taken for granted, uh, and I don't mean that in a like a um, sort of res- of a resentful sense. Um, I actually loved not being celebrated so much. Um, we're in this weird phase still, where culturally musicians are still these like real celebrated people. But uh, it's it's probably it. Who knows? Maybe it'll change. Maybe it won't. But um, I think that I just think that the Christian understanding of leadership is is countercultural, and so I think that we need to kind of get back to that. Um, this understanding that are and I and I think even being here this weekend and meeting so many of the bishops, I don't get any sense from them that they look at their sort of leadership as a privilege. I think they see it as a burden. It's a beautiful burden and they accept it. But um, I think there's a humility, you know. I th- and to me, it just feels like God is humbling anyone in a high place right now. You know, he who exalts himself will be humbled. And so I think I, I those words always ring true with me. I'm very fortunate to have a wife who uh, keeps me grounded, and, and, and I think that's really, really important. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have a band who, that
0: keeps me grounded. Oh my God, they're the most amazing band. Like, I've, I've been working as a as a touring musician for many years all around the world, and I've never seen a band like it, I've gotta say. <laughs> well,
1: thank you, that, that, uh, I will pass it on. I tend to look at, you, you know, the platform that I have is, it's temporary. It It is a weird thing that it, it sort of ebbs and flows with age. At some point, there will be someone younger who's more talented and, you know, if you're a Saul, you have to be looking for David. And I think, but the trick is to make that transition well and to hand off that torch and do it, sort of rejoicing in what God has done, but also being excited about what God is going to do in the future. And uh, so I, I, I know this is a season, I think. And so I try to be as humble, as responsible as I can, and lean heavily on my team, and and especially on in my, the sacrament, my vocation, sacrament of marriage. Yeah, just try to keep the, the right things first. Matt, I appreciate how
0: busy you are. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today. Thank you very much. Arch D Radio on 1079 Life. Here, trying to find one quiet spot at the Australian Catholic Youth Festival in Sydney. I don't think it's going to be humanly possible, at least for another couple of days. Uh, But the wonderful people that you managed to meet when you were wandering around at a place on the other side of Australia, Marianne Mayo, hi. Hi,
2: James. It's good to see you here. You made it safely?
0: Yes, I did make it safely, just staying around the corner and... uh, Oh, this I I can't get over the size of this It's festival, amazingly isn't huge, it? isn't it?
2: There's just people everywhere. In a good way. It's good like because there are so many people here to celebrate their faith, but you know, just trying to go to the toilet is a bit tricky.
0: Yeah, just those basic <laughs> things. Eating food, going to the bathroom. That's where the real challenges happen. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and also, look, I'm going to sound like such a heathen Adelaide in here, but different weather, getting yeah. used to that, because yeah. yesterday we had that blazing hot sun trying to find a space to get out of the sun. I, of course, didn't bring any sunscreen with me. Oh, God, neither did I. And then I think this afternoon, I think we're going to get in for one of those big Sydney mega storms yep. is brewing in. They've
2: had a lot of rain recently, I think, Melbourne and Sydney, so we're uh, going to brace for that, I think.
0: Yeah, the outdoor stage, Peter Beera and uh, Lauren, his wife, all right, there to perform a Secret Hill on the outdoor stage. Oh, okay, yeah. But we I'm looking at it now, and it looks like it's buffeting a bit in the wind. They were going to cancel performances on there because they thought there might be lightning and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Safety
2: so. issues, yeah, yeah. But they're thinking of going ahead.
0: It looks like it. Oh, it looks good. like it. So, so Marianne, we're a couple of days in. Yeah. What are you thinking? How are you feeling about this? Have you ever been to a Catholic event this size before?
2: Um, well, I went to World Youth Day in 2016 in Poland. So that was... A lot bigger, but obviously on a national scale or on a local scale, no. No, this is my first big Catholic sort of Australian event, yes.
0: What do you think, what's standing out to you at the moment is things that are are really great?
2: I'm really enjoying the talks from international speakers especially. So Emily Williams has been amazing. Sorry, Emily Wilson. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, very little sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and just, I suppose, meeting new people is, has been really great as well. And, yeah, the, the quality of the talks is just incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just really struck by, yeah, the, the, the plenaries have been amazing, especially the one last night really struck me uh, especially as we went into that um, uh, sister Hilda did her talks with the the yep. people who'd come from I guess backgrounds of disadvantage in yep. terms of uh, adversity. Yeah, yeah adversity uh, physical affliction yeah. physical disabilities and yeah. things like that that was really amazing uh, she led from there into uh, an amazing uh talk about Lectio Divina about prayer which felt amazing you could have heard a pin drop in the room and then Matt Maher just came out and did a a praise and worship session that was just better than any other Christian musician I've ever seen in my life yeah
2: he is just on fire isn't he he's an amazing performer so talented we we are
0: so lucky to have him here so what's remaining for you for the rest of the festival Miriam what are you looking forward to
2: um, I think that I would like to get into the schedule a little bit more. I've been a little bit lazy in my planning, so hopefully over the next day and a half I can really tick off some of those talks that I really want to see and um, make a bit more effort to get between them. The weather's been a bit hot, so it's been a bit hard to, to really like walk <laughs> between the, the places, but I, I would like to get to a few more talks. Um, yeah, so uh, nothing really <laughs> specific. Uh, let me just think. What do I want to see? Well, I'd like to see Peter and Lauren perform, or hear them perform. Um, I haven't done that yet. And I'd like to see a bit more live music. Um, but also, uh, Father Chris Ryan, um, my first ACYF in Melbourne. I really enjoyed his talks. Yeah. They really spoke to me, so I'd like to see him again. I haven't seen him since then. Yeah, and maybe Melinda Tankard Reeves.
0: Have yes. you heard her before?
2: Yes, in Melbourne. Yeah, no, yeah. she's amazing.
0: She is really yeah, good, yeah. her stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah it's for me it's always the, the big challenge to try and do as much as possible because i find yeah. i always overplan. like yeah. we because we've got the app that the acy have put out um and i've like just starred through everything even ones that cross over each yeah, other yeah. but yet and i've found always. i've found each between each one i just need to take time to just stop and absorb everything yeah. that's been said yeah yeah definitely kind of and it's
2: sort of like finding that balance between quantity and quality of going to a talk and really absorbing it like you said like being able to be present in that moment and not be rushing off to another one it is it is tricky because there is so much good Good quality content available for us, so it's very tricky to find that balance.
0: It is. So, um, let's, if you can, I don't know how busy you're going to be tomorrow, but can we try meeting up again tomorrow? We'll try to get Talia Sully, who's also here, yeah. uh, to have a bit of a chat. We're trying to get work that out today, but I think it might have been a bit too short notice because she's been this really in demand person. Like, yeah. she's been asked, she didn't even know whether she was coming or not. Now she's facilitating paddles and all that kind yeah,
2: of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. She's very humble about it as well. You'd speak to her and you wouldn't even know how in demand she is. I know, it's nice. She's um, quite a remarkable girl. So yeah. I'm sure
0: she'll have a lot to tell us tomorrow when we catch up with her then. So, uh, see you tomorrow.
2: Yeah, <laughs> see you later.
0: Hi, this is Steve Angrosano, and you're listening to ArchD Radio
1: 107.9 Live.
0: James here with you. Uh, we are here at the beginning of uh, day three. Day three, final day, uh, joined by Marianne again. Great to have you back, Marianne.
2: Thanks, James. It's great to be here. Uh,
0: Yes, and Talia. Talia Sully, our wonderful Cardine co-host, is also here doing, well, you were originally not going to do anything. Like, you were thinking, oh, a few days beforehand, and since then, they have, like, drawn you into service, and you've done so much stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about what, the sort of things that you've been doing while you've been here?
3: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, James. So far, my experience has just been excellent. I've Got gotten to be involved with the exchange sessions so my role in that is facilitating a conversation between bishops and young people and of course anyone who knows me knows that's very dear to my heart getting young people um, to get different perspectives of how their faith sits with them and the bishops have just been excellent and so open with communication and dialogue, talking about things from what it's like to be Catholic in a secular world to the environment to social media and faith, like it's just been an incredible experience and my faith sits very closely with service. and so it's good that from each of these sessions they get a clear action, they get something in their mind to carry with them Um, and I am so excited that the festival offers that opportunity.
0: So I went to one yesterday afternoon that you were facilitating, which was the uh, the digital media one about whether or not uh, the it was uh, good or a pitfall. I forgot the, the actual terminology. It was all very, you know, very poppy in the way that it sounded. Um, uh, but it was a great conversation. It was one of the smaller ones, I think you were saying, but provided a really uh, great conversation and and also the Bishop's openness to, to really wanting to embrace the voices of what was going on. I know that sounds like a bit of a no-brainer, but I really got a sense. of that kind of openness that was there Uh, though you were telling me though the one about being Catholic in a secular world that was huge and really well attended can you tell us a little bit about the kind of things that people were raising was there a kind of a theme that was running through that?
3: So the being Catholic in a secular world, as you said, was huge because I think that sits with a lot of young people today. A lot of them mentioned that they are sometimes a bit embarrassed to say that they're Catholic to their friends who don't necessarily understand what it means to have a faith or what it means to um, be involved in something like a huge festival like this. So it was a lot of the questions were around um, to the bishops, like how can I be confident in saying that I'm Catholic or how... How to, how to explain myself and one of the answers which I really appreciated really sat with me because I struggle with this myself sometimes um, and it was just that you, your Catholic faith is a very personal thing and you can focus it with being personal as well although it's so great to work through service and speak what it means to be a Catholic to many people. He also explained that one of the most important parts and that if we struggle with being confident with it, we should sit with this, is that um, just know that it's a personal thing. And as long as you are continuing to develop your faith, yourself, one day there'll be an opportunity where someone hears what you have to say and that will be a moment for them and it will be a moment for you. So just keep improving that and keep working on that within yourself until you find the right time to then tell people what it's like expressive faith
0: uh now marianne this is you're you're a real kind of veteran for catholic festivals now you've done world youth day in sydney you've done this is your now third acyf so you've been at all three You've been at all three. Um, What's your impression of the festival here in comparison to the others? Is it different really in a way? Have they all been, I guess what I'm asking is have all, have all the ACYFs been different for you or is there a, a sort of a central theme and spirituality running through them all?
2: I think that they have definitely, well the festivals themselves have changed and they've gotten bigger every time and obviously improvements have been made. Um, I think the Adelaide one probably still sits with me as being a bit more personal to my own faith. And I think- Why's that? that? I'm not too sure. I think I was just able, being from Adelaide, I think I was just in a comfort zone in a way and able to just fully immerse myself into the festival a bit more. Whereas um, I've been to Sydney and Melbourne before, but, you know, just being in a bit of a foreign sort of environment and, you know, not with those creature comforts of your own bed. Sure. um, I think that it's sort of, you just don't have that same ability to, to fully go head first um, into, into the festival itself. But um, in saying that, festivals have all been very influential in my faith. And I think that over time, I've come to appreciate them more. I think as they've helped me grow in my faith in day-to-day life. So these things only happen, what is it, once every second year yeah, or two years, yeah. two years, or World Youth Days every three years. But um, it's amazing that in just a few days, and years apart from each other, you can still like implement those things that you learn into your day-to-day life and it really impacts on you as a human being.
0: I'm very excited then in regards to the fact that the World Youth Day um, in Panama, that there's now gonna be local celebrations in Adelaide as well. How do you think that's gonna be in terms of having, because that sort of then brings that whole idea of the local celebration into something that's also broader as well.
2: I think that it's a really great idea. I definitely encourage anyone who can go to Panama to go because being there amongst millions of young people is amazing. But at the same time, for myself personally, I probably won't be able to just for personal reasons. So having the ability to do that in Adelaide and to just be able to still feel that, that love and joy of the festival from our own backyard is a really special thing. I think it's really exciting. It's a great idea.
0: Uh, I'm really looking forward to mass tonight. This is gonna be the biggest mass I've ever been to at the Domain in Sydney. So I think it's because the carols in candlelight is tomorrow. So they're setting it all up, but we go in tonight for this big mega concert with Matt Maher Father Galea, and Father Rob and this amazing concert and then this incredible mass with the population of Sydney as well. So that's going to be absolutely amazing. So thank you so much, guys. I will catch up with you back in Adelaide and uh, maybe we can um, debrief a little bit about it then. That'd be great.
3: Sounds excellent.
0: Arch D Radio on 107.9 Life. Ed Sheeran there. You are listening to Arch D 107.9 Life. That's about all we've got time for. Hope you've loved this show uh, from the ACYF in Sydney. This happened uh, just before Christmas. It was a wonderful uh, experience. If you want to hear some of our previous highlight shows that we've shot, shot that we've recorded from the ACYF. This is audio, not video, I'm reminding myself. You can jump on and check them out on the podcast which is available on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, Just look for RHD Radio. It's all there. Lots of photos as well from it too on our Instagram and our Facebook. Just again look for RHD Radio. We are here every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. Stay tuned to 1079 Live for more of your music. We will see you in a few days. Have a great night. Have a good one.